Hello everyone and welcome to episode 58 of the Reenactors Ramble. Ho ho, how are you this evening, Andy? <laughs> oh no, you just did not do that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> well, how the devil are you? Are you okay? Uh, it's good, mate. It's been a couple of weeks since we uh, met up last previously. Yes. And you know what? Um, it's been full on. I, I do love Christmas. I hate Halloween, that time period. And mm-hmm. when you get past Halloween, I'm happy. I'm kind of like, yeah, this is the okay, yeah. mm-hmm. And the run up... I don't like Boxing Day. It's like a Sunday for me. I feel like it's the end of. <laughs> and then we're moving into just kind of, oh, God, waiting for New Year, the next party. And I do look well, forward to the next no big advent thing. Calendars with, uh, no advent calendars with you, Andy, is there? You just open them all at once there. Good morning. 30 days. Boom, 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 boom. 30 days. Here we are. You know, with Christmas run-up and the wind-down of the of the reenactment season, or for many, the reenactment season has mm. is gone, hasn't it? I think um, there's many groups out there who will say, no, no, we're carrying on. We're, we're still mm. doing stuff, you know, and I don't think there's massive events, big public events, but certainly mm-hmm. the smaller groups will be meeting up and doing the AGMs and things like that. AGMs, indeed. Indeed, but before we dive into today's episode, what, yeah. have you, what have you been up to the last few weeks? And Andy, obviously, like I said, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on the call. Have you bought anything? Have you been reading anything? Have you been watching anything, more importantly? Well... My book got published this Tuesday. Oh, fantastic. Well, last Tuesday. Uh, so the editor has finally put it out there and has done some kind of pres- presentations and speeches at various locations. Um, and yeah, it's it's good fun. And I'll promote it on my own site and I'll promote it with you and the ramble uh, when I get the okay about putting pictures up and so forth. Because I think the editor wants to kind of roll things out slowly. Mm-hmm kind of momentum build up mm. but apart from that um what other no oh painting me window couldn't sleep last night so painting me window in a world war one football truce kind of melee you know which looks amazing by the way we have to share that because you were very talented man sometimes Andy. <laughs> well three in the morning you kind of sat there thinking well i can't sleep so i'm going to draw a picture on my window because that's what more, people do more productive <laughs> than my three in the morning ramblings let me tell you that yeah so i'll i'll finish that off and I'll promote that one as well. But how about you? What have you been uh, doing? It's been, been busy, and you know, I work in the world of e-commerce and Black Friday and Christmas generally oh. takes over. So <laughs> being a bit busy there. Um, but obviously we had a social a couple of weeks ago at the Petwood, which was fantastic and a little mm. bit of a trigger again, I guess, for the for today's episode. Um, I'm on a, I'm on a kit ban as well. And this is and, and people are going to be laughing now going, here he goes again. <laughs> but I am because, are you? because I, I completed a lot. I mean, I, I, on, the, on the eve of our uh, kit, mm not kit band on the eve of our social um i picked up a, a large collection of things i've been after for a long time so that's me done now a lot of money so until probably stonely in january i'm out now but i wish i could show it there's some amazing stuff but you might be able to see just over there anyone who watch on youtube in my glass cabinet there's a lovely b-type helmet mark 3a goggles uh, we've got the type d oxygen mask there as well um we've got and this, you know part of this was a grouping so here is the the paperwork uh and the ephemera for this guy here there are certificates physical examinations for flying uh report on flying and ground training of the pilot pay books you know flying log books all, all to the same guy fantastic you know it's in uh, the right you, hands let's face it oh it is it's it's great to, to own it um you know a few pairs of boots so it was a really really big haul big investment and uh great to you know complete the early war flying kit so to speak so yeah that's me done um for a few weeks but there's something i was going to bring up about this as well and i'm and i i wondered whether we should bring this up or not whether i should bring this up or not but i wanted to get your thoughts to understand Mm. what the view might be on this so 
if you look at this this wallet in front of me here, Andy, so this it's it's absolutely perfect condition, and there are several logs um, mm-hmm. created on a typewriter, obviously, uh, flying logs, physical examinations, all that sort of stuff. Like I said, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. A, there's a full set of stuff, right? Mm. Now, I had a question from somebody who will remain nameless on social media, okay, um, asking if I would present high resolution copies of the paperwork um for for them to make reproduction versions of it to sell on the internet so before i answer what if you know let's just say if you've invested quite heavily in something that has came with quite a personal story um and it has all this sort of stuff in perfect condition and you've invested in that and you've saved it and you put it away what would your reaction be andy okay you can work two ways First way is you make reproductions and everyone gets a hold of these reproductions and then at some stage you've got the original and that's the original and therefore it could go up in worth because everyone knows the reproduction. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, no, it's mine. I, I I own this and you could be that art dealer, that collector who has that Van Gogh in that dark room that he has or she has mm-hmm. ownership of and no one else has that. It's a personal preference. Personally, you know, you can go down to any kind of war museum or wherever and pick up a ration book and it's it's a copy of Mrs. Smith in Barnsley. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I don't want to share it. I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. I'd, I want to keep it. It's out. I mean, there's other copies out there, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about you owning that and it's mm-hmm. a little bit special. Right, what, are you, what are you thinking? Well, if... I was I was a little bit on the fence to a degree. I mean, I wasn't initially. I mean, um, but it it did it did bring about the whole sort of moral debate in my head and ethical debate. And I think something which we can probably touch, you know, have a full episode about is just is reproduction items and you know how how these things are made. I mean, we spoke to yeah. Gary and Sophie from Old Time and uh, a lot about how reproduction items are made, and they're generally yeah. obviously always copied from originals. But yeah, like you, I was I was a little bit torn. My my initial reaction was sort of well piss off really you know um <laughs> you go and spend four figures on on something which which has this you know um why should my hard-earned cash um line your pockets essentially you know that was that was probably my first instinct and you know along with that was was probably a little bit of disrespect for for the chap himself you know and don't mm. go and you know don't go and take this original certificate and photoshop his, his name out and, and and give it to somebody else you know that was a bit like well that's that's disrespectful to the man that that earned those okay. certificates and you know so i was a bit like you're being a bit disrespectful for the, to the collector and the veteran here, but then yeah. on the on the flip side of things, as you've just mentioned, I was a little bit like, well, you know, we're in this, we're all in this hobby together. Share like, the wealth. should I be sharing this to to allow other people to to reenact in the in the greatest scheme, grander scheme of mm. sort of, you know, um, living history and you know preserving memory? You know, should I be sharing it to preserve the memory? And I don't know, but I, I just I wanted to get a bit of a gauge and a temperature gauge on. Uh, would and, would you on, gain on financially? Would you? I wouldn't personally, you know. I mean, I don't. I don't collect. So this such, person would have made all the money and just said, well, "See you later." Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which which was probably my main issue, really, about that. You know, um, I would have. I, you know, I think the perfect scenario for me would be somebody saying, "Listen, I can't. I haven't got much money because my business isn't huge. I'd love to copy this. How about I make a donation to your chosen military charity?" You know, in that scenario, I'd have probably said, "There you go, fill your boots." You know. Yeah. But I think when someone's like, "Can I just use that and make money off it, please?" You're a bit like, "Hang on a second not sure about that it's different if it's friend you know if it was a very close friend with a reproduction company asking you'd be a very different attitude i think okay well in a similar guise in a a different world 
uh, my artwork is being used in um, on a website I've not given mm-hmm. permission and someone's gaining finances on that and I've put a cease and desist out and uh, we're just waiting on see what happens but it's the same thing thing I haven't I know you would have given permission but mm-hmm. is you know I haven't <laughs> and someone's making money on me so mm. on my hard-earned talent book of that yeah sorted oh well there you go and you're off the drink you're on you're on the is it the tea this evening you're on mm. i um after the petwood uh which was surprisingly tame um i didn't wake up with hangovers um i just decided you know what i'm gonna give alcohol a miss for a few weeks and try and lose a little bit of poundage and eat more healthy uh options in my diet although i do actually eat healthy and you know what no i, I just fed up and i thought no i'm gonna just stop for a couple of weeks you're a better and, man uh, than me he says with a pint of gin ah oh, pint of gin see ya no. thursday night Nah, no. i want to i want to sort myself out health wise for christmas and then i'll overdo it again <laughs> good man and then you'll get to stoneley and have a good old piss up but anyway <clears throat> on to today's topic so mm. we had a um not so much an agm which is an annual general meeting we had pretty much an end of season social bash a couple of yeah. weeks ago in which we visited which we talked about many occasions so we won't go into it too much but uh the home of 617 squadron from uh early 1944 uh, onwards, the home of the officers and the officers' mess when they had the raid on the, the turpits and so on and so forth. And it was a fantastic evening. We had dinner in the squadron bar, visited East Kirkby. Um, we were shown around the 7th Battalion Kings on Scottish Borderers uh, camp. Um, yeah. We visited uh, RF Woodhall Spa. You know, it was a great weekend just to visit history and, and just seeing seeing good friends and having a having a good time. And that was very much the trigger for, for tonight's episode, which is all about AGMs and end-of-season socials. So, where should we start, Andy? So, you know, what what is an AGM, and and what is the the objective? What's the point in holding an annual general meeting within a reenactment association? Um, for myself, I've done a few of these now. Um, in the past, we've done AGMs as a group where we tend to go to the last events, which is generally Pickering in October, and we sit around a, a table in a pub garden and we talk about the year and someone makes minutes and what are we going to do next year and how are we going to do it and who's going to be in charge of this and all the rest of it and it's kind of i won't say a throw-in thing but you're trying to enjoy yourself at an event whereas an agm it's you've got to meet up you've got to understand what the protocol is who's doing what what's happening and take time out to reflect on what was good what was bad it's just like any business and if you want a business to work and move forward, you've got to make certain brave, challenging decisions, I guess. Um, our meetup wasn't so much as an EGM, more of a, a social gathering, as you say, but things were discussed informally. No minutes were taken, but certainly some thoughts were passed around and we take heed about what had been said and what's going to happen in the future. Even just before this, we had a brief couple of minute mm-hmm. conversation about some thoughts. Um, I I think it's really quite important for a group to pull together and literally discuss where things are going. Because you know what? You, things can get stale. And that, that's what it is. You know, what do, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think is an important aspect to an EGM <clears throat> each year? Um, I mean, I think, you know, without fast forwarding to the end of the episode, I think... Mm. Yeah. 
you know, the, I think what many groups have come to realise is that I, I don't know. I think the AGM is a bit of an outdated concept to a degree. Mm. And I think that groups have evolved over the last few years. And I think where groups were quite a democratic thing and there was a lot of involvement in decision-making, you know, at the age of the super group, as we, as we call it. <laughs> and there was a lot more, um, you know, collective responsibility, who's collecting the money, who's collecting the subs. I feel like now the structures of groups is different. You know, I think years ago, if you take our group 10 years ago, it was, mm. you know, there was like a, a very neat and organized hierarchy somebody would look after subs somebody would look after you know i don't know organizing this somebody would look after something else somebody look after the website and i think these days it's that that's gone i feel like you've got like one or two three people in groups which just do things organically and i think that a sort of idea of delegation and formality is sort of gone you know i think it's smaller groups and individual leaders and i think there's a lot more fluidity and i think because of that the formal structure of an AGM and what we're doing is is sort of gone. I think COVID's also threw that to bed because it's difficult to make plans as well. And I think the other thing is is just that socials are starting to take the place of that. And I think people are organically leaving groups, joining groups out of their own will. Or you know, we're involved in many groups. A lot of us now, not just one. And I yeah. think that organic nature of that and that fluidity is a reason why these AGMs don't happen as much. And it's more social evenings yeah. at the end of a okay. year, you know, I think um, you just hit something there about other groups. You know, it, it was a dirty word a, a while it was, back. It was, you yeah. know, you tre- treacherous swine, you know, or you're leaving. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like you were doing the dirty on and even that small amount of my attitude and personality kind of came through and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to Duxford with another group. How do I do this? This is a bit weird. Do I mention it to people? And you do, because you know what? You get to a certain age and you think, I don't give a shit. I'm not a kid. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Everything's, you know what? What the hell? Why, why would we have thought that anyway? But you're right. And I've joined another group and I have no um, kind of, uh, what's the word? Participation within collecting anything from the on behalf of them or doing things because that group works organically and it always mm-hmm. will be and i'll go to a couple of events and i'll get to know the boys and the girls a lot more and if they need any help with things i'll throw my services across or if, if i see an opening i might say oh try this or let's try this or i'll do that and who knows what's going to happen um i always found with our group it was always quite hard to try and get involved in something because something was already done and he didn't know mm-hmm. what the opening was. And there was always a small group of people discussing things. And then things would happen. And you're like, mm. oh, well, that just happened. Yeah. It must just be normal. And it's not because behind the scenes, there's lots of things happening. And I just mm-hmm. never yeah. really watched that. And it's not like I'm a lazy get or anything. I just, I don't know. Just yeah, no, I get that. didn't see it. Yeah. Definitely. And I think sometimes it's, mm. it's a bit like, I'm not going to say that. I think AGMs sometimes give people the opportunity to, to voice their opinion. I'm not going to say when it's not needed, but let me give you an example. Go on. Okay, so there's, you know, if you might have somebody who's vastly experienced in organizing events, you know, has organized transport and low loaders yeah. of vehicles and tanks and put up big camps before, and, you know, it's generally just been around the block a little bit. And it comes to an, an AGM, Zoom call, whatever that might be. What do you want to do next year? And everyone's always got grand ideas, right? Let's do this. Let's do that. We've never done this before, you know, and it's so it's theoretical, isn't it? It's blue sky thinking at an AGM. Let's, you know, let's recreate Carantan. You know, let's let's do that before you know it. Yeah. There's always one or two that are like, let's build a bunker or a church tower or something like that. 
but those people with the ideas will rarely follow it up because let's be honest it's 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 part-time thing on, on outside of your busy day-to-day life with children families work yeah you know your own social life and hobbies that you probably have so it's it's part part-time it's not even part-time is it really it's it's when you can for most it's a hobby yeah and you know you have these meetings and all of a sudden you know terry at the back is saying let's build a church tower you know and before you know it you've gone away thinking did we just agree to build a fucking church tower or something like that and yeah it just sort of muddies it. And I, I I don't know. I just sort of think from my experience of the last few years, it's a bit like, I think people just need to be told what they're doing and what's good, what's going to happen, you know? And I think for me, the best way these days is just like, you know, this is, this is the plan for the next year. Are you in? Are you out? You know, cool. And I think, I don't think there needs to be any argument or anything. I think groups just almost need to say, this is our plan for the next 12 months. This is what it costs to be a part of that group, be it group membership or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you know, yes or no basically at that point and i think that avoids politics it avoids arguments you know and it gets everybody on the same page do you think uh, there's any room for a democracy in a group i think i think you've got to understand you know you've got to you've got to take a, a temperature right you know you've got to understand read the room and see what the general direction's going but if i'm honest i think if you if you allow a full democracy i think you can end up dragging you know dragging like a dead weight behind you a little bit in groups, you know, I think mm. if you're always trying to please like one person in a group, like let's say you've got 20 people, but one person wants to do something and you, you're trying to please everybody. Ultimately, you, you're going to displease the majority by, mm. you know, just trying to hang on to one person who might want to do something, you know, that you used to do. And I guess I'll address the elephant in the room for us is that, you know, we, we do a lot of different impressions and it's like, you know, do you, do you satisfy two people who who are outstanding long-term members of a group um versus where the general consensus is going you know as a group and then there are difficult decisions in groups where you've just got to say what we know or what we've always known is is no longer relevant you know yeah. and that happens in groups you, you move on to new impressions or you move on to new ways of doing things you sell your vehicles you you know, you move more into immersive events and public events, whatever that might be. But there comes a time and a place, I think, where you've got to get rid of the ideals of old. And 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 I think sometimes that means discarding good friends, not necessarily discarding, but, you know, then potentially feeling pushed out along yeah. the way. But I, 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 yeah, I, th- I think to answer your question, I don't think there is room for a full democracy. I think there's a room for suggestion, but I think ultimately the decision making has got to be made by one or a few members of a group. Hmm. It's a difficult choice. Uh, How about you? you anyway, what do you think? Um, I've always thought leave things open for discussion and see where it goes and leads to. But I think a lot of us who are either running or kind of senior leads within groups Mm -hmm. bring our own everyday experiences and even career paths to the table. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, I'm in charge of X, Y, and Z. And you're right, um, a democracy in my department doesn't work. So if I'm I'm going to London in a few weeks' time and I'm taking a couple of colleagues and a colleague said, right, can we, we're going to do this. Well, actually, you know what? <laughs> That's not going to work. I've got 17 years ex- of experience with this. This is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we've got to be, what was the word? It was um, inclusive. Diplomatic? Okay, right. Inclusive. Yeah, yeah. We've got to inclus- right, right. be inclusive. And, and <clears throat> the, the thing is, it's like, actually, you know what? That's a beautiful buzzword. But right now, it's not going to yeah. work when I'm taking 30 young adults away with me mm-hmm. and you want to totally come right. on a different train. 
I think giving people options can be a little bit muddy, as you say. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'll throw it out there. I generally sit on the fence, me, you know. I don't like to – I'm very diplomatic. But I used to do um, US Ranger with Normandy 44. And I'll put out there, I don't think I'll be doing it again. If I do a, maybe a private event in the future, maybe. But as far as I'm aware and concerned, when I go away with Normandy 44, I don't think I'll be doing Yank. And be, that's because my own personality has changed. I'm really getting into this kind of RAF, you know, Chaos B. I just, that's where my direction wants to go. And it feels organic. I feel like that. I'm British for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've yeah, been doing yeah. Yank for like 20 years or whatever it is. And I want to get into the British stuff and mm-hmm. understand my own culture and um emotion with it all you know and like you say i want to go away and we've had this discussion when we go away and punter comes over and says oh what's this i want to confidently be able to tell them why i'm doing it mm-hmm. and not kind of give this half-assed bloody answer that i read a couple of nights before you know on a website because mm-hmm. with exactly. the young stuff exactly. i used to be able to do that literally off the cuff boom because i had a massive passion about it mm-hmm. but now we'll move on but passions can change as well, you know. That that's that's life, you know. If you look up. at where you were ten years ago, and yeah. you've often, you know, there's very few people out there, I think, that have the exact same passions throughout their entire life, you know. Mm. Um, and just because you have a passion for reenacting World War Two history and living history doesn't mean that yeah, the, you know, the level of interest within that can't, you know, develop and evolve in itself as well. And, and going back to our question about you know diplomacy and you know democratics. Yeah. I think, you know, when you just have one person who just says, right, this is what we're doing. This is how it is. I just think it provides clarity for everybody, you know, and I think there's nothing worse than just like confusion and muddiness and yeah. half-assed efforts. It's like, if we're going to do something, let's do it properly, you know? And I think yeah. that democratic thing of, oh, what should we do? It, it just doesn't work for me because ultimately nobody agrees. You know, some people think something's a shit event. Some people think something something's a good event. And my answer is, okay, we'll go to what you think is good and don't go to what you think is bad. Simple. Yeah, and people like to be shown. Let's face it, people like to be guided uh, by a concise decision. Because mm-hmm. if it's yeah. been, if someone's saying something, they've clearly thought it through. They're not just saying mm-hmm. it just because they thought of it over yeah. a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, completely. And I think just you know, AGMs used to happen. I think back in the day because there was you know, it, it wasn't as the, the world wasn't as digital as it is now. You can have zooms mm-hmm. and you can you know, have Facebook, you know, you're almost in daily conversation anyway, you know? And I think it's a bit like, it, it feels a little bit unwarranted to, to sit around the table. Yeah. To sit at the end of a year discussing things that you've already decided throughout the year, you know? And if anything, I al- I also think if you need an AGM at the year, then you're probably not doing a very good job throughout the year because, mm. you know, surely you should be making decisions when you need to make them and not just, you know, the only things I think that need to be decided at an AGM at the end of the year are, you know, what are our outgoings as a group next year? So what do our group subs, if at all, need to be next year? Yeah. And I think apart from that, it's just what events do we need to attend? But I think you should be thinking about that anyway, realistically, you know, um, if there's any last minute events. But outside of that, you should continuously be looking at your direction, where you're going, what you're doing, what kit you're buying. You know, maybe there's like, you know, communication at the end of the season to say, right, just a reminder for next year, you'll be expected to have X, Y, and Z kit. Mm. Or, you know, he's a reminder of the events that we're, that we're going to, but... Yeah, I think just because the digital age, constant communication, mm. I just think it's a bit of an outdated thing to sort of sit down at the end of the season and go, ooh, what should we do next year? Yeah, I think um, in the past, we've when we've gone away, we kind of needed to discuss, discuss things because we were taking armour and jeeps and half-tracks, digging in, you know, two, three days before the actual event. Mm-hmm. 
while we're doing this uh, this British impression, to be fair, I've not seen anyone dig in because I don't think anyone wants to mess up this original uniform that they're wearing, the wolves, you know, the uh, the BDs, or even the reduction, to be fair, because um, they're expensive now, the Panther stuff and all the rest of it. You know, and I, I, I think for me, I want to invest in my tentage and the display around the tentage. Yay! <laughs> I want to start to build up that, which is what we did with the American stuff. And I never really got into yeah. that. I had the tent and that was about it. And the inside was habitable for me, but it's not an open display for the public. But I'd rather have that. You know, some of the boys do that so well. And mm-hmm. our displays have been yeah. A1. So that's where I want to go with my mm. aspects. Good to know. So, I mean, so uh, like we said, we didn't we didn't have a, uh, an AGM no. last week. We had an end of season social. Now, the reason that we include this is because I guess for us, this is almost what we feel like is the it's the new AGM, right? It's the streamlined AGM that is that is caught up with modern times and and these. I think it shows how things have evolved now that it's not like exclusively limited to you must be a paying member of you know. So we had various non-members with us, lots of reenactors, ramble listeners as yeah. well, which is fantastic. Um, but you know, there's been a few. We had one a couple of weeks ago. Uh, GI forty four forty five had a, had a brilliant one, which I wish I could have attended last week down at Hemswell, which was the officer's mess down there. Um, at RAF Hemswell. There is one in. Uh, is it next? Two weeks time, I think it might be. I can't remember when it is. Uh, when is it? I think it's it's this weekend actually. Okay. Um, in the Red Feather Club, um, down in I, I was supposed to be going to that, but sadly I've got family plans now. God damn it! Uh, which, which exclude me from going down to that because I bought some lovely new U.S. Army Air Force officers' shoes to wear. Um, well, that's going to be you know an original gig down there where there's it's not just a singular group; it's it's extended to more people. And I think this end of season social thing is way to go because you can still have that informal chat as we discussed. But you can you can have a great time doing it, and you can meet more people. You can extend your social circle. Um, and it's almost like an immersive event, but like an immersive yeah. social event to a degree. And I think it's just a great way to end the season. I think there's no, you know, there's no like big politics because there's no big like itineraries and things like that. Um, I think, you know, you're not having to argue about like tents and things like that because you're at, you're in a, usually a hotel or something like that. And it's just a nice friendly way to see out the season. You know, you yeah. mentioned earlier, almost like that nice, like sweet goodbye sort of thing. Do you think there's any room for, uh, if you build it, people will come. You know, if we were to hold an event or, you know, like-minded friends, I mean, mm-hmm. like some of the Ramblers, you know, we've got Matt and Will and uh, Izzy turned up, you know, together as a collective, right, we're going to get out, you know, an original hall or something like that mm-hmm. with historical significance. That'd be a wonderful aspect yeah. of that with not only well, our think, group, but other groups coming together. Clearly, I think clearly there is. I mean, like I said, look at, look at GI 4445. Um, I didn't know that one, yeah. You know, fantastic event by the looks of it at the officers mess in, in Hemswell. Like I said, there's, there's the, the Red Feather Club, ex-US Army Air Force Club down there. You know, absolutely. I mean, I would have been at both if I could. I, I planned on buying tickets for, for the one this weekend, which was invite only. Um, but unfortunately, amazing, I sadly can't go. And I was willing to travel 650, 700 mile return journey to go to this, you know. So I think for me, it's like, and there was something I was going to come on to towards the end of the episode, mm. but, I, you know, I'll switch that to now is... We we talked about this being like the petering out of I think something that's happening in British reenactment is that for at least the like minded individuals and I think for probably about mm. I would say four to five hundred people in the reenactment hobby, I think that sort of watershed moment of October, you know, end of the event season until you know March April, whatever that might be, 
I think it's starting to erode away. I, I think people are then now changing this aspect and saying, well, hang on, why why does the hobby have to end in October? Why can't it continue for like-minded people in our own private immersive environment? You know, And I think that's absolutely amazing. And I take my hat, hat off to GI44 and, and Sophie and the guys organizing the, uh, the do down at the Red Feather Club as well, because how amazing you know, to, to these historical places. I mean, we had obviously had one in the Petwood, which is a bit more, you know, limited and exclusive in terms of numbers available that could attend. Mm. But, you know, I think how amazing that people are doing these things, these immersive events. And just because the public aren't there doesn't mean that it's not an event, you know? So, yeah, I think that's changing the game. And I, I hope that that continues. Christmas next year. Let's do it. Mm. A Christmas event. Yeah. In a hall with all the decks in everyone in period, no one allowed without any kind of period uniform. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, amazing. That'd be an awful, that'd be an awfully fantastic yeah. dance. It, it's, and it's, it's great. And I think one of the reasons that I like the end of so, end of your social sort of thing, as opposed to an AGM is that for, for months and months and months now we've been, you know, we've had a few people that are just starting to dip their toes into, you know, RF and British reenactment. And yeah, yeah. For, for many, many months we've, we've said to these people, you know, you, this isn't like, us and this is no disrespect to people that do us it's it's no, just no. you know this is this is polish your button time this is press your uniform time this is um and this is and i think the most important thing is this is on your soil now these are these are your family members these are you know and we're going to places like the petwood where these men lived you know and where they sometimes didn't return to and i think the, the positive thing about doing these end of season socials in these historic places is that you don't have to say these things anymore because you turn up, you know, and that that feeling is there for them. You know, they, they, they see the history around them. They feel it by sat in the rooms, you know, they see it on the walls and the museums. And you no longer have to start, you know, screaming and bawling at people to do what they need to do because that that enthusiasm and passion for, for the history is is there you know yeah. and it's like you, you know like it doesn't make your job as hard you know i think they find passion for a subject that they might not have had previously organically you know and i think that's better than an agm over zoom or in some sort of place that isn't really linked to history like a service station somewhere on the m1 you know where you just find a pub that's central for everybody there's no history there you end up arguing about what you're going to be doing yeah as opposed to just organically developing this enthusiasm and passion for what you're going to do next year, you know? Does that make sense? No, it does. I mean, you know, it's, like you say, it's an organic direction. And as for, you know, servicing your buttons and everything else, wow. Um, in that recent event, I don't think anyone let us down. Certainly everyone was all scrubbing up and, mm -hmm. you know, doing the brass, uh, the buttons two, three days before, you know you've got to do it the night before as well because, you know, oh, God, they yeah. are tarnishing mm -hmm. in there. It's it's just one of those, we all did ourselves proud, but you're right about the location. For me, it's got to be an authentic place. You know, it's got to have some kind of history. And, you know, if you are going to start having these end of year socials and things, invite me, please. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> invite us both. We'll see what we could do. We want we'll promote it. Yeah. I think... Um, Guest list. Certainly, I would like to get out more um, next year. That's what, one of my kind of New Year's resolutions, folks is to get out there more and not just be kind of closed-minded. I enjoyed Duxford, Duxford with the other groups, and I know you obviously you've had your invites and whatnots. Um, and I think it just it's a spice of life, and it, you you meet more people, you are more educated with what's going on, how groups are working, you know, how people are mm -hmm. working with each other, and I think you can bring things to the table. It's just like any business, you know. Yeah. 
completely agreed. And yeah, I think the best thing about it for me, like you mentioned, if it's in a historical place, is that it gives reenactors the chance to live and breathe the non-combat side of things. Mm. And we don't do this often. We we go to, yeah, you know, I think the only opportunities that we really do is if you go to the beer tent or if you're at an event and you maybe go to the pub and your RF blues and whatnot. But you rarely get the opportunity to stay, you know, and I, I don't want to make this like a local episode just about us, but, you know, the Petwood Hotel again, no, no, you know, no. you, you're, you're staying in rooms where these guys stayed, you're, you're drinking in the same bar that they stayed, the local pubs that they drank in, the the, the gig at RF Hemswell this weekend that the yeah. guys organized, you know, they're in are in original officer's mess in fantastic period settings, you know, you are, you, this is reenactment, you know, yeah. it, is, it is more accurate putting your RAF blues on or whatever that might be and going to an officer's mess, RAF Hemswell and drinking there and having a dance with a big band. than there isn't going to a random field in, you know, let's say Peterborough yeah. and putting on a US World War II display, mm. you know, and it's like this, that is more accurate. It's, it's more viable. It's, it's, it's just a, like I said, it's a chance to live and breathe the non-combat side of things. And it's a chance to be immersive from a non-combat side of things. And that I think is something that people don't explore enough. And I think it really, really helps you. And so one of the things I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated with in the war or during the wartime era, should I say, is, is just this, this downtime period, you know, you read all the books about, you know, these marriages so quick, you know, they would, you know, a guy would meet a girl and, and within three months they're married and, you know, he's going off and this whole sort of like fleeting romance and just, you know, I, I don't, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. fascinating. It's such a different world. It was so fast paced. It was, it was a hundred mile an hour. It was, you know, live every moment like it was your last. And I think there's a little bit of that at these end of season socials to a degree. I think, you know, you can just get yourself a bit closer to them. And then I think if, you know, then you put yourself in the immersive combat events. And I think, I don't know, like, wouldn't it be amazing for somebody to have one of these events where you come off the line and go to one of these socials as well? Like, you know, I'm, I'm building up here and I'm making things that yeah, might yeah. happen, but, you know, I'm just trying to provide a different perspective and why I think these things are just as important as, you know, going out there to Pit Park or Thetford or wherever it might be and, and having an immersive event with bank firing guns and half tracks and tanks, well, you know, I think these are just as important. We've discussed this in previous episodes where, for me personally, the idea of reenactments was always kind of... um, What's the word? Not an embarrassment thing, embarrassing thing to tell people because then you had to explain what the hell it was all about. It was okay. So you know, in the past, it was a case of yeah, running around the field with a blank fire, explaining to my friends or family or even people I work with, oh, that's what I did, and they say, oh, I've been to one of them, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, a glib reflection of what mm-hmm. war is. You know, it's not all about that; it's about other things and immersive, as you say, and the history and the knowledge and the veterans, mm-hmm. of course. For me, doing what I'm doing now, I've been living off that word petwood for the past two weeks now. <laughs> with people I work with. And for those who know what I do, I, you know, I work with students and things. So I've been living off that and I've been gladly telling people what I did because I'm so proud of what I was actually attending, but immersing myself into. And it was everything from the fact that, it, yeah, it was the history, but also um, there was no embarrassments. No, there was just no embarrassments. And, oh, that's what I was going to say. This hobby for most of us, has opened up doors that we would never have imagined. You know, walking up that flight line along the hurricanes and spitfires, going to these locations and being with the people. But to be with the people who are in full kit, original kit as we were, walking down them corridors, 
it was just awesome. It was just absolutely mind blowing. And the photo photography that we had, um, which is available online. Wow. These are memories my kids are going to have, you know, of what dad did, you know, exciting things. As we said before mm. about friends of ours, nondescript lives, you know, we lead exciting lives, Richie, you know, mm -hmm. and people cannot take that away from us. And you produced that first volume um, a few years back, about two years ago, three years ago. You're now going to produce another volume, volume two, with all manner of um, impressions. And I will be grabbing that issue and I'll be putting it pride in place on my shelf. Mm -hmm. So when I'm old and 80 years old, you know, I get the photo album out and it'll be that album. I remember mm -hmm. these people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And wow. you, you've just you've just segued into something which I think is really important and it mirrors mirrors something quite a lot. You know, I think if you I, I sometimes collect wartime imagery, uh which is my Instagram handle by chance there, but <laughs> you know, um photo albums Plug. and you know, Im original images and things like that. Yes, wartime imagery and couple covers to follow. Um anyway, <laughs> but these, you know, you often look at um the back of these photographs and they're signed by the people yeah. in the images and you know, these people didn't see each other again and whatnot, but there was this, there was this bond, this comradeship, you know, and the memories that they, they made that sort of live on forever. And, you know, these guys had a reunion 50, 60 years later, or, or look back on their photo albums at 80, 90 years old, like you said, and look back and it's like, oh, there's little Jimmy so-and-so. And, you yeah. know, there was Tommy T and, you know, there was uh Tex or whoever it might, you know what I mean? You know, that sort of stuff. And they're looking back through the images, but, you know, and again, like we're, we're recreating this and we're recreating the bonds and the comradeship and the friendship, you know, and we've made some incredible friends in this hobby. And we've got to remember that that's, that's sort of what this hobby is about as well. It's about making incredible friendships and memories that will last for a lifetime. And I think some people think that it's, it's all about kit and it's all about, you know, bang, bang and this sort of thing. But for hmm. me, there is more enjoyment and making memories with, with people that I love than, there is in in the in the bang bangs and all that sort of stuff you know for me and, and like you said it's it's amazing i think to look back i mean i look back in the last 10 years and it's like wow we've had some incredible times and memories and you know memories i, w I wouldn't i wouldn't change the world you know and i think that's what these end of season socials provide it's and i think when people think oh i can't be bothered it's just like we're just going to have a few beers well if that's what you think fine but it's not for me you know it's not you are you are building these friendships and these memories for life and it's much more than just a few pints in a you know in a random hotel there you go no i think it's you knocked it on and for me i reckon um mid-season after you know, the pandemic feeling a bit lethargic over things um our previous events has literally spurred me forward to push for the future uh, with my own collecting um maybe we won't say that word agm as such but that meetup mm -hmm. has certainly reinforced which direction i want to take and where i want to go um mm -hmm. i've even mentioned to you you know uh us air force and yeah it's there's lots of little options i'm not as mm -hmm. obviously a prolific collector as you are um i try and get things correct and buy little bits and bobs as i go along I'm trying to say i don't do it correct like no you're just bloody mad you're just 
right okay so are you gonna shave and he was like i can't i have sensitive skin so i'm like right okay and anyway i, I you know i won't repeat every single word but it was it was very much just along the lines of you know yes let's let's move on from the sensitive skin and let's appreciate the suffering that some of these men had to go through but ultimately you will be having a shave you know i don't really care whether you've got a rash tomorrow because like i mentioned out of a, a, a length a yeah, you know, just having an ounce of respect for the men that wore that uniform. You're going into a mess dinner. You will yes. have a shave. You know, mm-hmm. put some more moisturizer on. You know, and it's just it's just that simple. You know, you've 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 got to it's that uniform that I'm rabbiting on a bit. It's maybe the junior no, no, a little bit, no, but no. you know, it's it's just you, you, what you're wearing a uniform that somebody wore in that exact place. Like you couldn't get any close in terms of living history, could you? So why would you not want to iron your trousers or polish your brass or your shoes or have a shave it's like you know if if you don't want to do those things there in my opinion don't do it at Mm -hmm. all you know do not do it that that's literally my opinion i would rather you Mm -hmm. not come than turn up and do a half-assed job of it and be annoyed at me for making you do a good job of it you know don't do it at all that's that's the case you know it's it's hair it's it's looking at the appearance and you know one of my pet hates is you know we go to events and you know, it gets to five o'clock and the public disappear. There's always one member, one member who goes back in the tent and comes out in a bloody tracksuit or whatever it is. And you think, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, we're getting comfy. It's like, are you bloody mad? If someone did that at an event like the Petwood, I'd have been absolutely... Uh, well, See you then. <laughs> yeah, you know, without getting into too much details, you know, that there was there was one chap in our, our Sorry, group mate. Who, who came who came down in civvies, you know, like sort of midway through the evening, and, and yeah. yeah, I was I was I was very 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 disappointed that you know somebody yeah yeah I won't get into it. But it's yeah, all for the photography that, and stuff, and you know what? I think if I've invested a lot of my hard earned cash uh, to go away, and I want to be around my mates, and I want to be around World War Two, and you know what? Fair game. That bloody music carried on playing. Bloody Virulin, whoever it was, bloody Run Rabbit Run, old 40s uh, music. That still played until we literally put the final glass down. No one put on bloody madness or whatever it is. It was mm-hmm. bloody awesome. And that, for me, I immersed myself all night. I even drank mm-hmm. bloody real ale. You know what I mean? Good. Good, man. Real ale. Warm beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but definitely, like, just in that last last bit that you mentioned there, just the whole yeah. tracksuit thing, it just doesn't just doesn't work for me. Just go all in or or don't bother. You know, it's mm. and it and like you said, the cost. You know, whatever it costs, it's like you, like I've said it a million times. Don't commit to an impression. Don't commit to an event if you're not willing to put in the hard miles to to do those yeah. guys justice. Ultimately, so but yes, I've got one final end of season social um, next weekend up in Edinburgh. Um, so there'll be a few of us going to a military pub up there. Um, just again, a little social evening, last chance to wear some kit, and that'll be the last thing before uh, before Stony in, in in January, I think. So pretty sad, but I think my my final thoughts in the evening are: I think that as a, as a hobby, I really hope that we start making more of these immersive events. Yeah, throughout November to January. Yeah, I, I I'm certainly thinking about next year actually <laughs> i want to see if i can actually uh, pull my finger out and see if we can actually organize something i mean yeah like, be, what we great. did recently that was perfect i wouldn't mind doing that again but you know let's see what we scale. can do a christmas yeah, thing definitely. i don't know i just love, love the idea of someone in a really bad santa outfit with a bit of cotton wool around their face like they did do yeah. you know reenactors ramble dance who's up for it folks let us know and we'll uh, we'll get that arranged for next year as well and andy can be the uh, the music 
for the evening? Have you seen my choice? It'd be, it'd be actually no. You know what? It'd be out. It'd be out this world. Actually, it'd be awesome. I've actually gotten a, a good eclectic mix of forty stuff. A good mix. Even the French-made music. You know what I mean? <laughs> good man. Right. We had a, a couple of questions as well. Just to um, oh, go on then. Just to finish up the evening. So we've got a question here. Um, will there be an episode about uh, Canadian impressions? Oh, do you know what? We need this because we've had we this before. We do. We do know a couple of Canadian reenactors, and we do know a guy in Canada. And they do know what they're talking about. They do. What's that? What was that? That wasn't. They Canadian. do know what. You got to go Canadian. No. Hey. <laughs> they do know what they're talking about. Boot. That's a boot. A boot. A boot. A boot. Anyway, you didn't get that one. <laughs> right. But yes, we will do something about um, Canadian impressions. We, we need to do that because it's it's so, in, in ways, similar to British, but then very different in, in certain ways as well. Our subtle, subtle differences in, in all sorts from, uh, you know, there's some women battle dresses, helmets, uh, obviously insignia, there's mm. variations there. Also in RAF, um, or Royal Canadian Air Force, should I say, rather than RAF, uh, and the infantry. So that's definitely something that I think we should do um, whilst we're in December. And... Um, we, I have close links to a Canadian. So we were talking about um, relationships being forged during World War Two. Uh, my auntie, who's still alive, uh, was a teenager. Teenager, sorry about that. Uh, Eighteen, I think she was nineteen in World War Two, and she made it with a Canadian soldier hmm. uh, called Bonatoff and Bonatoff, Bonatoff or Bantoff. Anyway, I've got his letters actually uh, that he wrote to her. And they had a child together. <gasps> and I know my family don't listen to this. Actually, you better not say anything else. I'll, I'll, not. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> I'll tell you off air, but I can't do it. Everyone's like that. What dun, is it? Dun, what is it? <laughs> if you want to know, message us on the ramble and I'll tell you secretly. Um, but yeah, I've got a great story about that another time. Maybe over a shandy and a fire. Place. That'd be good. Oh, oh yeah, Canada, Canadian. Let's talking. do Canadian. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll get talking about Canadian. <laughs> anyway, so next question um, comes from Unscar Galzo, and Unscar Galzo asks: Would either of you two explore other periods of history within historical reenactment? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, which 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 history? What 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 would it be? Okay. Um, and don't say World War One because that's too close. It is too close. I do like World War One, but no, I do. I'm really into. Um, it's not really military history. It's Victoriana. I just love Victorian um, dress, okay. and there is a society of kind of Victorian dress, and they meet up at Edward. Well, I say Edwardian houses, Victorian houses, um, Osborne House, and whatnot. And I just like the idea. I've nice. seen them out there um, down on the south coast, but um, apart from that, um, I've done Roman, but I'm not really built like a have Roman. You? I have. I'm, I'm not a Roman. I. The guys that I went away with, they're like this, you know, and they're, they're built like bloody Romans because they were very manual and I'm not exactly a, um, a manual kind of guy. You're a bit like a lawman, aren't you, instead? Yeah. The clothing helps me look bigger. Let's put it that way. So I can't wear a tunic. So that's out of the question. And my legs are terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. What, what would oh, you God. do? What would you do? Do you know, it's it's quite funny that this came in because I was I was actually chatting about this the other day. So I uh, I've got a bit of a, a fascination with the Napoleonic period and, and specifically the, uh, the the Royal Navy um, oh, during wow. that era. I grew up as a kid watching Hornblower, um, amongst obviously all the other World War Two classics that we so often discuss on the podcast. Um, 
and I still watch it now. I, you know, on a Sunday every now and then when I'm hungover, I'll put all the episodes of Hornblower that existed on and have a Hornblower <laughs> really? marathon. Oh my god! Oh man, I love it. And I would, you know, every, and every now every time I've watched it, I end up looking for Napoleonic uniforms. You yeah. know that um, Horatio Hornblower and Napoleon, uh, not Napoleon, fucking hell, Nelson would have Nelson, worn. Yeah. Okay. During that era in the Battle of Trafalgar and so on, um, and yeah, I think you know that would be that would be amazing. Think of the immersive events you could do. You know, you could go on these awesome. ships, these reproduction Portsmouth, ships out yeah. there. Oh man, it would wow. be it'd be cool. And plus, the uniforms just look. I mean, obviously very different, but I think they just look so smart as well. The top half, I'm not so keen on the tights no, and whatnot, but but the top half, you look at some of the tunics that they've got made and tailored. Wow, amazing. That's actually a good call, that one. You know, that's mm. a good call actually. And of course, you know, it's that. not far off Sharp, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Sharp's, Sharp's not in Hornblower's League, let's put it that way. Okay. Not his landlubbers, anyway. <laughs> not like Bastard. Bastard. Bastards. 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 You bastard. Bastards. Bastard. Bastard. Anyway. <laughs> right. We'll move on before Spotify kicks us off for, yeah. uh, for being too explicit. So next, the next episode, I think, in our series is going to be a bit of a, an end-of-season roundup. And we're going to go through, uh, we're going to pick some of our favourite moments. And we don't want events, Mr. Jones. We want very specific moments within the calendar year that you've enjoyed in the hobby. Uh, we're going to talk about our frustrations, our worst moments, uh, the best kit purchases that we've bought, um, any, everyone's been sharing their Spotify uh, year, yearly roundups oh, yeah. uh, this okay. week, I've noticed, so and, and us included. So it's very much going to be the reenactment year roundup. Um, and what we're also going to be doing is asking the listeners to send in their yearly roundup as well, because we'd love to share that as well. Ideally, if you can send it in a voice clip, um, we'll, we'll have it on the show, we'll discuss it as well. So yeah. these are all exciting things. I'm really excited to sort of wrap up the year and see how it's been for so many people, because after a year out, you know, it's been overwhelming. You know, I, I had a little sit in my room earlier and I looked around me and I thought about where I was this time last year, um, both on a personal level and both on a, on a reenactment level. And I'm looking at the equipment around me, you know, I'm looking at Brens and flying helmets and goggles and thermos flasks and radios and flying boots. <laughs> and, and and it's, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I'm so proud of everything that we've done on this podcast and as reenactors, as living historians, um, and as as a tribute to, to the to the men that had you know owned and, and wore this this equipment that we've got all around us, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Sounds good. No, it's it's good. I saw your posts before. Um, wow, they some uh, great stats. Particularly yeah. put. It's good stats, actually. Yeah, good stats indeed. Yeah, yeah. Who who would have thought? Nineteen countries this year. People have listened to us in. Wow, Zimbabwe, Uruguay, all over the place. I didn't know there was reenactment in Uruguay. No, that's amazing. What I would love to hear from our to. Uruguayan uh, listeners as well, or our Zimbabwean uh, listeners. Zimbabwean, I think that is correct. Um, by all means, get in touch. I really want to hear from that as well. But as well, you know, we um, the the pool is open to guests as well. So if you fancy coming yeah. on and having a bit of a chin rag with Andy and I about reenactment or putting the world to right, or you know, or maybe you can just provide some education on a particular uh, subject as well. We would love to do that. We've had some amazing guests on um, this year. You know, the likes of Gary being on Nile yeah. times as well. Um, and they really, really helped us with educating some of the some of the guests out there as well. So, by all means, guys, give us a shout if you want to come on the podcast, and uh, we'll get something arranged. Yeah. As well. And of course, uh, we'd love to kind of do an end of year Zoom with everybody, but mm-hmm. we've just got to look Ooh. at our calendars. Yes, um, Christmas piss up. Well, that's it. Unfortunately, with our lives, every Friday tends to be a Christmas piss up around this time anyway. But we'll uh, we'll see and see what we can do. 
We will. We will pursue the idea of a Christmas Zoom piss-up. So come and join us and uh, get your digital mistletoe out and your baby shambles and shambles, Ooh, baby shaman, all that sort good. of snow cones and you know, martini asti or whatever you drink at Christmas, you know, or a pint of gin if you're like me in common from the Northeast. I love a, I love a good snowball. <laughs> oh, God. <coughs> Those Dutch. I can't believe Sorry, you're, you're drinking a pint of gin, for God's sake. It's been a long day, Andy. It's been a long day. Do you need a glass? Do you need me to buy you a glass? Well, no, because I don't have to go downstairs twice, then, do I? Oh this is God. this is about efficiency, Andy. Productivity. That's what it is, see. So I don't have to wash the glass. I can use the same fruit. I am being economical and, and eco-friendly. The world is crying, Andy. The world is dying, and you're on about... <clears throat> anyway. A gin glass. Let's move on. That, that has been uh, episode 58, I think. 58. Yes, it has. Oh, my God. <clears throat> 60. Nearly 60. Nearly 60, the age of Andy. Bloody hell. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> well, Highlander. anyway... <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening so much. Um, Christmas countdown is on. Obviously, look forward to our next episode next week. We'll try and make sure that we're recording every week throughout December where possible. Look out for our Zoom call as well. And, uh, yeah. yeah, get in touch if you'd like to join us on the, the podcast in 2022. Well, Richie, it's been a good catch-up. It's been a good It has. Evening. It has, and I'll see you very soon, sir. Yeah, a bit later than normal, but hey, what old kid. Okay, old boy. Right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you all soon. Good night.